Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. If reincarnation, as most people understand it, is correct, why are there so many ghosts? Is it about successive lives or simultaneous lives? Hello and welcome to the... Hey, I didn't do the third question. Oh, I'm sorry. You paused. (laughs) Well, I paused, yes. I'm very sorry. That's all right. Don't let it happen again. Why is it that you seem to know certain people you have never met before? And on that note, hello and welcome to the 970th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno coming to you from WOON AM and FM Radio uh, in Woonsocket, Rhode Island on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. I'm Ben. That was Paul that I rudely interrupted. I'm very sorry. And today we welcome a new guest on a subject we don't cover very often. Jillian Harris has been a broadcast journalist and radio DJ, has owned multiple businesses, and has been a metaphysical consultant and author for many years. Her four books include Have We Met? How to Identify Your Reincarnated Loved Ones, the focus of our discussion today. Jillian comes to us via Skype from today from California. Her so, website. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I keep interrupting I'm you. I don't to know. Pause so much. Well, you're excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm just I'm just ready and raring to go. <laughs> so the website JillianHarrisWorldwide.com. That's ironic. That our radio station site is ONWorldwide.com. Uh-huh. Okay. It is indeed a small world after all. So Jillian Harris, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet both of you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Well, it's 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 great to have you with us. And uh, despite the little goofs and gaffs we had, I guess we'll we'll just we'll, we'll hop right into it. So, right in the first chapter of your book, uh, you address the ghost problem my dad mentioned earlier in the at the outset of the show. Um, and later, you talk about the possibility of multiple dimensions and parallel lives being involved as well. Yeah. So, lay out for us what you believe reincarnation is and how it works. And you know, on top of that, tell us your own story. Wow, okay, awesome. Um, I find the how it works in terms of reincarnation to be so big that I had to write a book. Uh, and <laughs> in that book, I actually go through the effort, because I think the core of the answer to the question of how is this possible, I mean, at this point, a lot of people are like in acceptance that reincarnation is a thing, even though they may not be able to explain it, they, they, they get it, and, and they buy it. Um, but then how is it really possible that we body hop, basically, you know, from one body this lifetime to another body another lifetime? And then in some cases, as you see in the book that I'm talking about, we're doing uh, a couple of different bodies, a couple of different lifetimes at the same time in a parallel existence. And so um, I do the best I can in this book to break it completely down in terms of uh, spiritual psych. Um, uh, not psychology, but the a- anatomy of the spirit body. And the, and the main thing is that we are, um, this is something people have to get with, hear it three times, and, and let it, you know, settle in. But we're not human so much as we are spirit beings. Spirit beings, temporary human experience, uh, eternal spirit beings. And so, as spirit beings, we then can move body to body. This is a temporary thing. A lot of people look at themselves in the mirror and say, this is me. You know, I was complaining, I don't have lipstick on today. Me, I don't have lipstick. This is a problem, but it's not even who I am. This is not even me. It's my spirit body that's kind of going, gosh, in this human experience, at this moment, on this particular day, I would like to be wearing lipstick. (laughs) 
<laughs> but the truth of the matter is, um, I, me, Jillian, as a spirit being, I, there's no lipstick. There's. I talk in the book about if you've ever seen uh, an apparition or a spirit body um, form in front of you, and there are different ways that that can happen. For me personally, it always happens as a white fog. And when I see that fog, that lets me know, it's like a reminder, oh, yeah, that's what we look like, but naked, like with no clothes on, no skin, no bones, no nothing. That's our basic body. And that's the body, then, that can, um, I want to say float, but it's not really a floating thing, but go from uh, uh, physical body to physical body, incarnation after incarnation. So um, that's, a, that's one part of the answer. It, it, and, and I want to know if you're with me on that. <laughs> Or shall I just keep going with like maybe going to another angle of the answer in terms of how reincarnation happens? Because to me, it's a great big story. And it's a story that kind of came together before any lifetimes began. um, Where, um, as I see it, I like to describe it like um, God one day, or whatever you call source, the creator of all things, whatever you want to call that being, um, said to itself one day, this is boring, I want to have some fun. What would happen if I split myself into a bazillion people, a bazillion places, and had a bazillion experiences so I could do some learning and growing within myself? And so I see each person as a unique expression of the creator of all things. And so we met at some point before we started this series, the circuit of reincarnational lifetimes and, and made a plan, you know, groups of spirit beings got together. And I call this our spirit family. And for all I know, you two were in my group and we had a plan. We said, Hey, on one of these incarnations, I'm going to write a book and you guys are going to have a show and you're going to have me on. Okay, cool. Awesome. And who knows what else we said, but we also, in these groups, we like to decide who's going to be the mom, who's going to be the dad, who's going to be the sister, who's going to be the, who's going to be the mean person down the street, who's going to be the hero, who's going to be the sickly person, who's going to be, you know, the, 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 the bionic one, um, who's going to be the smart one, who's going to be the mentally challenged one, who's going to be, and how's that going to work together, and what are we going to learn through that? And I also believe that while we're sitting in that safe place at the spirit beam, um, martini bar, whatever it was, <laughs> where we met each other for this this plan to make these arrangements and agreements with each other, um, I think that we were maybe more confident about how it would go down in the physical world because we, at that point, know who we are and where we come from. But now we go through this veil and we go into um, a, an incarnation and start to live it. And as we go through that veil, you know, we're born in the physical, and we have, because of our brain, which is a whole other subject, um, kind of have blinders on in terms of what we're experiencing. So we only see this life, and we are now influenced by the people around us, our parents and, and the surroundings and the environment and whatnot, and we start having a physical experience, and we can then be limited until we remember, and for some people, it's a whole lifetime, and for some people, they do the whole lifetime and never remember from whence they originally came. And that is the huge, um, to me, for me, the growth to get, oh my gosh, I'm a spirit being. You know, it's not just this physical 
um, existence. So people can have that. And so we go lifetime to lifetime, having our experiences hopefully growing. And then in another lifetime, we can switch positions. And I even say that what happens is we we switch astrological signs so that we can have a new experience, um, do life from a new perspective. Um, another way of looking at it. I was a Scorpio last time, but I'm a Gemini, you know, and that's a whole different way of seeing the world. So that's part of uh, how I see it coming together. What questions have I left you with? Oh, no, just uh, your own experience is rather touching how you, you, and the point of your book, one of the points of your book too is how to discover people you've known in whatever is happening here. Yes. So, I mean, you know, if reincarnation is real and our loved ones pass away, but reincarnation is real, well, then they're coming back, right? Well, and that's the pattern, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to throw some logic on it. That's what I thought. I said, okay, this sure. is just logical. But then also, um, I got to this logic um, as I was about to write the book, but the truth is, through my life, I have re-encountered friends, people who I knew who passed away, and now they're back. Like 10, 20 years later, I encounter them again. Um, but I don't say necessarily anything to them. There are only a couple of friends, maybe, that I've made, and I've expressed, you know, this isn't our first time. We've we've done this, but we're doing this as friends. We are associates in another incarnation. And those are people, though, that are also metaphysical, and they, they get it, and they're like, yeah, totally. I, you know, They've got stuff to add um, to the conversation that I didn't even put in. But for the most part, I'm simply comforted. One in particular, um, I had a I was a competitive dancer in my younger days, and um, the partner that I competed with most passed away in, like, 91. And um, so, you know, I don't know how many decades or so after I um, saw him again, and I'm positive that it was him, like, completely 1,000% that was Glenn on a bus. And um, <laughs> and just having a great time as he usually does, but I didn't need to go up to that person and go, "Hey, I remember you, and we used to dance together." And you know, and you passed away from whatever, and but you're here back, and that's great. I'm glad you're doing well now again, and everything. Because he would have thought that's so odd. Um, I do believe, and I write about this in the book, and I actually share uh, this opinion with a neurosurgeon who I quote in there about the brain and the the physical human brain. Um, being something that, like, puts blinders up for us so that we're not um, able to see across the veil. We're not able to um, uh, sync with, you know, psychologically or anyway, um, all the other lifetimes that we are living or have lived. And I think that the reason is because we need to focus on the life that we're living right, 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 right now. So um, that's the other reason that I didn't and don't mention to the many people. But so then why, on this particular situation, did I feel so friggin' compelled that I just had to, had to, had to tell this person? Should I tell my story? What happened? Yeah, please. Okay. So I was frequenting this dispensary <clears throat> in um, 
the Los Angeles area. And, um, and I'd go there, I'd gone there for a couple of years. Um, and I got to know the people. I always do that. I'm a friendly person. So, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to know the people, you know? Um, but in this particular case, uh, you know, I got that nudge. Hey, you know this person from before. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I go on about my business. A few months goes by, you know, hey, you, you know this person. Okay, already. All right. I got it. I know this person. Cool. I'm not going to say anything. It's like, it's fine. But finally, one day I go in and uh, the person that I'm talking about is um, one of the owners. His name is Tony. And, um, and I get this nudge again that I know him and I need to know how I know him. And now I'm a little bit annoyed and I'm about to drive from Los Angeles to Riverside where I am right now. And I get in the car. It's going to be an hour and 45 minutes. And I am just searching and searching and it's getting deeper and deeper. I'm frustrated. And now I'm like, it's like a, there's emotion coming out of me. Like I'm, I'm crying. I'm upset. I'm like, I have to like desperation. I desperately need to know how it is. I know this person and it no longer even matters why I need to know. I just have to know. I have to. So now I'm doing everything that I do. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm talking to spirit. I'm like, I'm asking for my guides to please come in, download, give me information. I am clairsentient and extraordinarily clairsentient, which is what this was about. This was full on emotion talking to me, um, which is sometimes difficult to read. Uh, but I'm also clairvoyant and, and some other clairs, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for all of it. But I was too in it to really get the answers that I wanted or needed. So I, um, I texted a friend while I was driving. I, luckily, Subaru has this way where you can tell it the numbers, and it'll just text for you. <laughs> so um, I'm like, Lori, I tell her the situation. And, you know, um, what the problem is and, and can you help me? Because sometimes uh, folks who are clairvoyant and whatnot, we need assistance from other folks who are not so close to the forest. So she went to get her cards and whatnot. And while she went to do that, I get a download. And now all of a sudden I know exactly who it is. And I express that to her. And now she gets to do a qualifying thing to see if that's what she also gets. And that's what she also gets. And I'm torn at this very moment because I don't want to tell you just in case you want to read the book to find out who this person was. But I will say that they were in my life like several decades ago. And um, back when I was in broadcasting school, as a matter of fact. And I'm going to leave it right there. But so... Yeah, because I don't want to ruin the story, but no, no. this person did pass away um, soon after I got out of broadcasting school, and uh, and and yes, there was romance in there too. So that's what kind of makes this kind of juicy. At the time, he was in his fifties; I was in my twenties. Now it was flipped. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, that leads to the next book, but we can talk about that some other time. Anyway, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so now I'm meeting him again. So now there's all kinds of feelings coming in. There's um, there's a maternal thing happening. Um, there's a romantic thing happening. Um, and then, but, but, but in real life, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm not. I really am not. I mean, he's super attractive. This is a gorgeous man. But I wasn't really... That's not really what I wanted to be doing with this person. I was seeing someone else. 
So, like, you know, what is happening here? And it, and that is the story. So I write this book as a journal. I write it, you know, as it's happening. And ultimately, I have conversation across the veil as a medium with a group of people, one in particular, who lets me know that they are the reason, they were the one knocking on my door um, to say, you know, you know this person. You need to investigate this. And the reason is because they wanted to communicate with that person. That part I don't want to let out what it was because it is so freaking huge. It's so huge, and for me personally, um, I'm always wanting to be an evidential medium. I don't want to just say stuff and, you know, wow, that's really cool and everything. I want to say stuff, you know, bring information, deliver um, uh, the goods that make people go, whoa, you know. And in this case, for um, Tony, when I, I gave him the script of the book, I said, here's what I've got. I think I'm done. I wasn't completely done. I still had maybe a chapter or two left. But the majority of it was right there. I'd had the conversation with this person. I... I journaled it because um, I had turned on my phone to record while I was in that mediumship moment. So I now had all the, the conversation from both sides, not necessarily their side, but while I was talking to them, when they'd say something, I would go, okay, so I understand you're saying blah, blah. And that way I would have the script of what they were saying when I went to write it. So now I'm like, here you go. Here's the, 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 the you know, draft. And, you know, I'm also, you know, let me give you like, what, three, four weeks to decide as you read this if you really want me to use your name or not, you know? I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, it's it's about you, you, you. And now we're also talking about some folks, you know, um, who wanted me to, I got I said, Tony, who is blank? And he told me, and I said, where are they right now? And he said that they'd passed. And I was like, whoa, because there's no way in the world that I would know these people, this person, that this would have happened, that didn't know them. So then how would I know they, they passed away, what they were to him, anything. So that was amazing, huge evidence. And for me, um, just even in my journey spiritually, that was a monumental moment for me. And I was just so grateful you know, just it gave me validation about what I do and yeah. wanting to be of service with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I thought I saw that was very touching. Certainly. Oh, yeah, thank um, yeah. Now, before we get into uh, physics, duality, time, consciousness, and um, maybe a little bit about the unity, as we call it, uh, I wanted to take a question from... Uh, uh, Peter Shelley in Bogota, Colombia. Yes, and uh, huh. Peter writes to us. Um, has it, has anyone read the books of Dr. Ian Stevenson? Uh, he wrote a, a lot about reincarnation, in, including reincarnation and biology, reporting uh, 200 cases in which birthmarks and birth defects seem to correspond in some way to a wound on the deceased person whose life the child recalled. Yeah, um, I have some comments on that, but if, you, if you'd like to take uh, take take that first, uh, Julie. Well, I have. I've not met Ian Stevenson's book yet, books, uh, but I just wrote that down because I would like to get into that. But yeah. I have 
heard that information. Like, where the wound... Actually, what I had learned was that the wound uh, or the birthmark is where a wound that was fatal was in a previous incarnation. Hmm. Now, Ian Stevenson, uh, I encountered his books in, in the uh, late 60s, actually, before I actually got into this in 1970, uh, paranormally uh-huh. speaking. And he uh, was quite the, uh, he was a psychiatrist who yeah. taught for years and years at the uh, University of Virginia School of Medicine. And mm-hmm. he kept running into cases like this. And I have to say, he was one of the people who started to, to clarify my thinking on the physicality of all this yeah. uh, by the mid, mid to late 70s when I was running into things that spiritualism just really couldn't explain, to me anyway. And uh, I, he really started uh, me thinking that maybe the dualism that we all assume is true, you know, spirit versus body or matter mm-hmm. versus uh, energy, which is is really a false dichotomy. I mean, matter really is energy in one form, you know, a different form. Right. So um, I, I really started to wonder if, if we're dealing with a lot more physical stuff than it is spiritual in, in a sense. And uh, if these are not more parallel lives that affect one another uh, more than successive lives would. And, of course, couple that with the wonderful ideas of special relativity and uh, some of the quantum physics stuff where time literally does not exist as we experience it. Right. And you run into all kinds of, of uh, problems with some of the the more classical interpretations of what this has been that you look like you want to say something. Oh, uh, well, sort of. Um, I have I have many things to say, but uh, I, I I I've been I've been paying attention and writing notes because I I I, I lose my thoughts very very easily. So I well, mean, you're my age. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not the years; it's the mileage, Dad. Right. Um. So I I I think. I get I get what you're saying, Jillian, and I I fight with myself much like anybody else who is in this field and, and saying, well, they're not saying everything exactly the way I would say it, so they're wrong. That's not mm-hmm. uh, that's not fair for anybody to say, really, because right. it's I think that I think the thing is I think we're we all say the same things, but the terms and and the way in which we interpret things is is, is the the sort of the pitfall because there's there's an objective reality that we all experience but we experience it all subjectively so it's like we know something's there and it's like we're all right. doing doing our best to try and describe it and it's it's very hard to and what one of the things i always i always get my mind wrapped up in is um it it's I think it's more of a cultural thing than it, than it is an intellectual thing, because um, the the place in which I was raised, besides my father and my my mom, put me into a culture that was that's not really quite Western. So I I got exposed to a lot of different ideas. So by the time you know I didn't you know by the time I was I was in in like you know school and stuff I was like well why are we talking about this this way or or whatever. So the one one of the really big things I always have trouble with understanding is this idea of um, th- that we're 
well, basically the idea of source, quote unquote, right? I always have a big, big problem with that um, because my the, the logic would be if there's an omnipotent being, why would they need to manifest in some physical way to experience? I don't know, getting a haircut. Like it's like I I, I find it odd because I, I would assume that if there was an omnipotent being that they wouldn't need to experience anything. So it's 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 all it's one of those things that I always have a bit of a hard time understanding. But I think I get what you where you're coming from on it. But you mm-hmm. but I I don't want to tread too close to being a full on Platonist by by saying well you know none of it really matters. It's all you know I take my body for a walk, not you know I go for a walk. It's mm-hmm. it's um <laughs> right yeah it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things that we that it, it, it's such a, a a philosophical pitfall. To fall into because we, I, I think it's all a response to to like hyper materialism that we've all been exposed to for the last, I don't know, two three centuries, where mm-hmm. we we're coming up on a break and I'll finish my thought and and we'll continue this this discussion because there's it's going somewhere. Um, yeah, I wanted to get uh, Julian's thoughts on a couple of things. Yes, but we need to take our mid show break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. On WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's uh, paranormally warm November Valley here, the the uh, Blackstone Valley, and uh, it is what it is. So we'll be right back with our great guest, Julian Harris, so stick with us. The Woonsocket Board of Canvassers would like to remind voters that November 8th is Election Day. The voters of Woonsocket will be voting on races from U.S. Congress to school committee with three state referenda questions. In addition, there will be two local referenda questions on the ballot. Question 4, an amendment to the Woonsocket Home Rule Charter, regards the appointment of the city solicitor and reads, Shall the city of Woonsocket Home Rule Charter, Chapter 10, entitled Administrative Departments, Article 1, entitled Law Department, Section 1, entitled Created Appointment Qualifications of Head, be amended to change the authorization for appointment of the city solicitor from the appointment by the mayor to appointment by the city council? You may approve or reject that question. Question 5 is entitled, Relating to Cannabis Establishments and Public Use. And the question reads, Shall new cannabis-related licenses for businesses involved in the cultivation, manufacture, laboratory testing, and for the retail sale of adult recreational use cannabis be issued in the city of Woonsocket? You may approve or reject that question. Knowing your options, early in person or election day, please vote. If you'd like more information on the election, you can visit the website of the Woonsocket Board of Canvassers at www.woonsocketri.org or call the office at 401-767-9223. Local and live at 99.5 FM. And welcome back to uh, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Manino on WON AM and FM. Uh, folks also listening on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live on TuneIn.com and wherever podcasts or, or uh, streaming goes, which is just about everywhere. So, uh, and if anybody has a question today, you're welcome to call in uh, from anywhere, 401-766-1240. And uh, I wanted to get into the notion, too, Jillian, maybe we could start to bring all this together. Um, I think we may be interpreting the same things Maybe in a little bit different ways, and then maybe it's not a matter of right or wrong, just a matter of interpretation. Yeah. We actually had to invent terms in, for our own books to talk about things that, um, I don't know, nobody else really had talked about that we had ever seen. One of these notions is the unity. 
with a capital U. And uh, that has been present in many, many ancient cultures, uh, the African idea of Ubuntu, uh, where, you know, everything I do affects you, everything you do affects me, and all the way up through some of the Greek philosophers and just about everywhere people have some kind of notion that we are kind of a, a great wholeness and that the uh, the island theory, as we call it, just doesn't get us anywhere. The idea that we are totally self-contained within our bodies or even within souls. So uh, that, that's kind of one of the, the, the notions that, that we have. And I think, you know, we, we could very well be wrong. But it does seem to explain things like the the uh, the unity we feel with other people sometimes, someone right. we've never met. Uh, one of the examples I've used out nauseam on the show was one time when I was lecturing. Uh, ben was, I don't think you were, even, you were born, but not much. I was just a, a twinkle in someone's eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, his older brother and I were up at uh, Mount Ida College near Boston which uh, I was kind of amused that half the students were studying to be undertakers. I thought that was funny. And uh, there there was the, the idea that um, I was talking about human relationships in the multiverse, you know, this whole idea of the parallel realities and no past, no future as such. And two freshman girls came up to me at the end uh, after they put me in a chair and, you know, the students came on told, told me their own stories and they said, why is it that on registration day, we've never seen each other before in our lives, our eyes met, we were sisters from the start, and they were inseparable friends ever since. And I said, well, mate, at some point in the multiverse, if it's true, you are each other. So, so that, to me, kind of came up with the, the whole idea of expressing the unity. We really are each other. We're not individuals in the sense that most of us understand that. So could, that's a long introduction to my question. Could that in some way be interpreted from your point of view as a way maybe to uh, uh, to approach reincarnation in the sense of uh, shared lives? Not necessarily me, 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 you know, from start to finish. Well, what say you? I mean, are you saying um, these two people recognized each other as uh, spirit siblings? Well, I don't know. Uh, you, you probably could say that. I think they recognized each other as each other, in the sense as of as each other, meaning that a that, shared like, life. You are me, and I am you. Yeah, I get it. So that's amazing, and that's amazing, and it's not impossible. I don't know that I personally have ever had that experience uh, <laughs> where I would meet another me. But I know that, like, there's something, a moment I think I wrote about in uh, in Have We Met where I'm driving past a massive cemetery in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, one of the um, you, veterans, like, cemeteries is gigantic. And, as you, you know, you're looking and you see all the, the rows are amazing as you drive by and stuff, and... And I thought to myself, how many of those gravestones are mine? Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, in that respect, I, I kind of feel what they're saying. But um, And so I realize also that there is um, a, I, as a multidimensional being, 
am living other incarnations in other places at this time. I say at this time because I believe there is no time. So everything is happening at this very moment. Right. But when you think about, I mean, when you put the clock back in there and you see those lifetimes and there are definitely, you know, this one's in the 1800s and this one's in the 1900s and this one's in, you know, the farther beyond than that. Um, there's that. But then there is this, what you're, this, uh, what you're talking about, this phenomenon with these, these two people, um, that know each other. I don't think that's an anomaly. I actually think that that is a possibility and the reason why some people, you know, come together, um, and sink so easily, so quickly. And without even thinking about it, a lot of people don't stop to think, how is it that this is happening? How is it that we are so, you know, perfect as friends like this? How is it that we knew from the very moment that we met that we were good? Or how did we know from the very moment that we didn't like each other? That happens too. And I think that those are all, you know, getting the information. I call it bleed over. um, Oh, yeah, right. Because part of us that knows what's happening in these other dimensions at that time. So, and then, yes, I believe that affects what we experience here. Okay. I'm going to hold up the book here. Okay. Shall I? Yeah. yeah. There you go. And uh, for those who are watching uh, on the video feed or those who are seeing it recorded later. You have to uh, lower it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Have we met? How to identify your reincarnated loved ones. So take a minute, please, John. Uh, you know, not, not to give away too much, yes. but uh, so that that has happened to you, and uh, you know others to whom that has happened. R- you know, recognizing loved ones yes. from other lives, whether they be successful or parallel. Right? Wait, I don't know that other people, when they recognize their others, realize that's a loved one, but they definitely get. Wow, we're close. We've been. We're brothers. We're definitely brothers. Um, we're definitely sisters, you know, and but not necessarily put the rest of it together like I do. Um, but for me, myself, yes, absolutely. Okay. Have. Uh, and our yeah. question from Phil in Savannah, Georgia, is uh, <clears throat> pretty much what we've, uh, maybe you can read it, but we, we've pretty much discussed that. But uh, yeah, go into a little more detail. Um, reincarnation seems to suggest a linear progression of time. Are you open to the possibility that past lives are actually parallel lives and that time is eternally present? Well, we've already kind of gone yeah, we, over we, that. But yeah, we yeah. have. Okay. So it's so good. All right. Now, um, tell us, before we burn up the hour here, where people can find out more about you, your website, your book, your podcast. Yeah, I do have a podcast. The podcast is called The Conscious Cougar. <laughs> and um, that's me. I'm a cougar and I'm conscious. And... Um, and uh, that website, you know, it's easy to me, Jillian Harris Worldwide, but then i got to remember to tell people that the G, Jillian starts yes. with a G, you know. It's much easier to reach me at theconsciouscougar.com. It's the exact same website. Um, so, so you can go there and find me. Um, uh, let's see, what else can I say? Um, theconsciouscougar at Gmail. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram. Um, at uh, the Conscious Cougar, as well as um, uh, I don't have an at Jillian Harris worldwide. Just at the Conscious Cougar because I knew it was simpler. Okay, Ben. So uh, you mentioned something earlier, and I wanted to take a quick step 
back towards it, which is the anatomy of the spirit. And you kind of talked a little bit about it, but I kind of want you to expand a little bit more on that if you can. Well, so, yeah, it's a great big thing because we look in the mirror and we go, oh, here we are, and I'm upset. I don't have my lipstick on. But the truth of the matter is this isn't even who I am. This is what I'm wearing right now. This is what I'm wearing to function in this particular dimension. And the truth is my spirit body, which is even actually bigger than what you're looking at, um, but weighs a whole lot less, <laughs> um, is, is the real me. And that spirit body, and when you look at the anatomy of that, now you've got chakras. In the book I talk about, you know, there's seven popular chakras. To me personally, um, I like to focus on the first eight chakras. There are folks who say we have more than a hundred chakras, but these are energy centers within our spirit being. And then I like to explain to people that just like the physical body has a heart and kidneys and um, pancreas and all these organs, the brain and whatnot, the energy body has these uh, energy centers, the chakras that we know about. Uh, The seven um, most popular ones run through from the bottom of the torso up to the uh, top of the, the crown of the head here. So this part of us is the part that lives with us always. This is the part that is eternal. This is the part that never, ever dies. So um, the physical body needs this life force energy that comes from the spirit body in order to exist so I look at it like, um, I did a, a thing, I said in there, um, the heart and the brain, those are two important things to the physical body, but the heart, let's say, is important to keep the physical body beating, right? But the heart is nothing, absolutely nothing, without the spirit body. If the spirit body is not there, neither is your physical body. Okay. So your spirit body and these energy centers, the energy centers then govern certain parts of your physical body as well as certain parts of your psychological uh, disposition. And um, and so that's how we, we, we function and we want to keep them all awake and, and functioning. But now I'm getting into why we need Reiki <laughs> and, you know, and keeping our, our spirit bodies healthy. Did I answer your question, though, at all? Or well, pretty more? much, but it's leading to... Uh I think another question, uh, the, the classic question for us in this subject, uh, when we open yeah. the show with, is if reincarnation is true in the classic sense, why are there so many ghosts, whatever ghost may be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there aren't any ghosts. Okay, and, yeah, you um, say that in the beginning of the book. Uh, that, yeah. that really struck me, yeah. Yeah, there aren't any ghosts. The... The entities that we would call ghosts are no more ghosts than we, than you, than I am a ghost. Agreed. Um, Yeah. And to other dimensions, you know. Um, I have a company, um, Stargate Adventure. um, It's StargateAdventure.com. And it's an off-road retreat. So we uh, go off-roading. I take small caravans, people off-roading, we do meditations and whatnot, and remote viewing. So I guide these meditations so that we can remote view specifically to communicate with folks who are on other planets. And some of us, I, have a lifetime on another planet or two. I'm not just doing incarnations on Earth. 
I'm also in other places, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you. So now to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, there are folks that have, I'm almost losing my train of thought right there, my question was, but yeah, we can be simultaneously <laughs> in a lot of different places, and then to be able to communicate with that other us is a thing. And then just even to communicate with these other places and not necessarily with our same self. But we don't know. Oh, I know what I was trying to say. Um, just my call to do this other company, I believe, um, is my connection with myself and those um, in those other places and, and my uh, life purpose to connect people, to help people do that oneness of mind and get comfortable with that, to be able to then do remote viewing, which doesn't have to be so extreme of going to other planets. You can remote view right here on this planet, you know, into the next room, into the next, you know, city or town or, you know, wherever a loved one is, something like that. Well, I think that you touched on something pretty important, which is if you take it from the viewpoint of quantum mechanics, that all possibilities including all possibilities for us, are out there somewhere or some when and uh, yeah. are, are in concrete reality, whether you know we are conscious of lives on other planets or other uh, parallel reality, you know, whatever, all of it is out there. We often yeah. joke around Halloween time, and it's, uh, that was last week, but that um, unless something like the, the Great Pumpkin actually existed. Charles Schultz, the cart- cartoonist, would never have been able to come up with the idea. So, yes. you know, somewhere or somewhere, and there's something like that. Uh, and anything that's possible does exist according to that interpretation of quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, w- so w- what is next for you? You mentioned you're writing another book. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, uh, and... Um, along the lines of the conscious cougar. Okay, so it's right in there. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, less metaphysical, but um, but at the same time, I mean, it's about wisdom and beauty and fitness by any means necessary, okay? And uh, so, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but the main thing that I'm doing right now is launching my next, my new company, which just took off October 1st. We did our first expedition, and that's the that's the biggest thing going on for me right now is guiding people on these on these tours and doing these retreats where folks can actually chill out, relax from the stress of the day to day. And I'm actually looking at it as a tool. Um, each of the caravans, I call it a love train because what one of the meditations that we do at night, I do sound baths under the stars, um, and um, and these guided meditations are to create specifically a love vortex vortex of love within the group. There could be uh, between uh, as little as five, as many as 10, 15 people, depending on how many are in each car. And I try to have folks not have more than two or three in a car because there are no gas stations in the desert. So <laughs> got to have them yeah, to I make found it that to out the end of the time. road. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then what we do is we're taking that love vortex and we're, sh- we're sharing it around the globe. I mean, um, I feel that the world Earth is in a lot of trouble right now, yeah, and um, just scary trouble. And it's not even like black, white. It's not even that anymore. It's not. It's almost not even Republican, Democrat anymore. It's this other thing that is happening globally that is just so frightening, and we need to heal it. And I believe that love can heal, 
And so we create this vortex in this group, and then we I teach them how to aim it, you know, at these targets. We think of ahead of time. If you need it in your family, if you need it yourself, you know, somebody's sick, you know, there's a county, there's a situation, there's a place, there's a thing that needs this healing. And then we, we all, we send it there. And then what's awesome about that is I teach people now when you send out this love, from whence it comes, it actually multiplies and grows. So you're never depleting yourself as you share this love. And then yeah, I, I have to explain how sharing the love with what you might think is like, say, for, I'm just going to drop a name. Putin, you've got to throw the love on this guy in order to get some healing into his system. You know, yeah. it's the only way. Um, and so I'm really about the only way to get there is with the strongest energy that we know, and that is love. And I love being able to take people to that place where they feel it so deeply, where, you know, I, I have folks focus on that person, that um, the one, the people that they love so much, that the person that you, like, wouldn't have any question at all about running into a burning building to save them. Mm -hmm. You just would reflex. They'd have to hold you back, you know? That kind of love. And and to feel that and then see it as a massive energy and shoot it off somewhere and aim it. And to know there's been research already. This is effective. How effective? I don't know. We might need to do a lot of it, but it doesn't not work. There's already been research on how prayer works and um, collective thought and how that works and the effects that it can have in certain situations. So that's my platform right now, and that's what I'm doing. That's my input on on everything that's happening in America and the rest of the globe at this time. Okay, Ben, uh, you you beat me to it. I was gonna. Huh. I, I I guess I guess I could I could still ask the question. Um, what is love? Mm. <sighs> that's awesome. Because it's, it's um, energy. It is a massive energy force. And, 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 I, and that's interesting. I'm not letting it stump me, but there's not necessarily the right words in English to explain what love is. Except that it is this feeling and it is this um, energy mass that is actually effective. And healing, and that has to be enough for me. I don't know that I have more words for it. Well, that, that sounds like you, Ben. English isn't up there actually talking about. Yeah, it, was, yeah, because well, yeah. that that leads me to my to my follow up point, which is tell me. I, I the English language is garbage for trying yeah. <laughs> for trying to explain any of this. It's yeah, because there's such a multiplicity in everything. There's so many layers to all of reality that English just can't it can't penetrate because it's so focused on yes. on on a two-dimensional level and it exactly. can't and it can't break past it and it, and it's as much as it tries and, and we yes. try our best with the words we have it's like um, I, I always like to point this out because a it's a really fun fact and B it shows how, how versatile um, not not just other languages are but specifically Mediterranean Um there is a word in Koinian Greek, which is which predates modern Greek, uh, which is splagnon, which is the word for spleen. But it also well, means, it? yeah, it, but it means to show mercy or compassion, and it. But it also means spleen or bowels. And the reason why it means those two things is because the ancient Greeks believed that 
their body parts as much as they were physical body parts also functioned mm-hmm. with another layer of reality that they had a spiritual layer and a mythological layer to them mm-hmm. that each portion of their their body had a, had had some sort of power associated with it and oh, that that resonates to me yeah there's a lot of really interesting things in ancient cosmology that i i personally think postmodernism that we all kind of live in this post postmodern world now has just thrown out so much that we're just we're not left with a lot. So right. when we when we try to to take take on these questions of what is love, what is reality, mm-hmm. what is reincarnation, we we don't have the tools to really dig as deeply as we want into it. Well, I, right. I think that uh, maybe I get Jillian's response to this, but I learned from two people: one, an Aboriginal elder in Australia in 1979. And before that, from Father Alexander Schmemann, one of my teachers at uh, the Orthodox Seminary when I was uh, studying for the priesthood, that love is a state of being. It's something you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not something you necessarily just feel or whatever. So I know, that to me, that that's simple and deep. And uh, what about, what say you, Jillian? Um, I agree, and um, yeah, and I definitely also agree with you know Ben. Like the words, we don't have enough words, and I've, I've known right. this for a long time about a lot of the things that I'm trying to express, and that's why I took the whole freaking book to like <laughs> say the things I was trying to say. Oh yeah, um, and that's why in the meditations I do, I try to give people like you know situations, you know, think of this, think of that, think of this person. Okay. Do you have that feeling? Does it make you kind of feel like crying? Like you feel that in your throat? Okay, can you now then translate that to an energy that you can see, like picture it? Because I, because I, I don't have the words, so I have to like guide people to be able to create the feeling and grab onto that feeling then, and be able to see it that way and feel it that way and know it that way and now, uh, you know, take that and use it and that's all i can do at this time at this time i do definitely agree it's a a way of being in the compassion and the you know those things but again limiting words and i struggle sometimes to find just the right avenues of words but it's going to have to be a whole avenue boulevard of them Mm. sometimes to get folks to the right place into what it is that i'm communicating Mm. I think we're all sure. learning still. You know, we, yeah. we never yeah. stop learning, and other yeah. people help us to do that. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's really only four ways that humans sort of order our reality so we can exist in it, and you know, it's language, uh, ritual, music, and art, and those are the four ways that we kind of order reality so it makes sense to us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Music is a great example. Well, Jillian, you are such a lovely person. It was so great to have you with us today. Oh, yeah. uh, stick around. We, we can talk. We'll go to our announcements. And something okay. sticking to the desk here. Okay. It happens then take it more. away. <laughs> well, you can look for us at the New England Parafest uh, that's uh, in Kittery, Maine. That's coming up on April 22nd and 23rd, of course, conveniently on my wedding anniversary. Oh, dear. Uh, that... <laughs> That event will kick off the the, uh, the week before that on this show on April 16th um, when the headliners will appear with us. Yeah, hopefully in the studio here. 
Uh, we'll be at the Para Expo 2023 aboard the USS Salem in Quincy, Massachusetts, May 19th to 21st. We'll be among the speakers and we'll broadcast live from the ship if all goes well on Sunday, May 21st in, the, in our usual time slot. Yes, and you can visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over uh, 1,100 hours of our regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008 from CBS Radio, Achieve Radio, and here on WOON, AM, and FM. Also, you can hear many of these broadcasts on the major podcast platforms, up to and including iTunes, Apple, to, Apple Podcasts, uh, and YouTube, and also via Spotify. Now, I have to say that yesterday, we I noticed that this is a nice round number, that this show... Uh, 970. We, we dragged out the calendar and we found that, um, uh, if all goes well, on June 4th of next year, uh, it will not only be our 15th anniversary show, it'll be our 1000th broadcast. Isn't that funny how that works out? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have planned that. So, um, we are looking for ideas about what we should do on that very special show. Perhaps a variety show. Well, I don't know, singing and dancing, <laughs> ponies and all. But, hey, uh, you know they did that. They did that in, in the old, old days of, of radio theater. We could we could somehow describe tumblers and all these things. Well, you and I are going to talk about that. But in any case, <laughs> um, I think that that uh, we're looking for some ideas. We're, we'll try to do uh, a, a two-hour special, a prof- professional sports allowing. Sometimes we're followed by the. The Bruins or the Celtics or somebody. So anyway, we'll uh, stay tuned on that, and we'd like to hear some ideas. Send them to us on Facebook or Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com. So what do we have for next week, Ben? Well, we have uh, in in the oven. Hopefully, our souffle does not fall apart. Uh, November thirteenth, lucky thirteen. Uh, we'll bring you an open line show to tackle your questions on any and all. Paranormal subjects and boys, that it, it's always a, a, a wide variety of things oh, we, yeah. we jump into. So that, that should be a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've had one of those. And the great uh, Tim Sports is going to be uh, co-hosting with us. You didn't ah. know this yet, Ben. Oh, well, now but, we do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tim is um, really a really wonderful person and um, worked with the great Tim Beckley for many years on their the, show. The Tims, yes. The Tims, yeah. It was, that was tough on their show, which Tim is which. <laughs> So anyway, we leave you today with a jocular thought from contemporary American cartoonist Scott Adams. He's the one who does Dilbert, okay? The creator of the universe works in mysterious ways, but he uses a base 10 counting system and likes round numbers. Mm. I think that's kind of (laughs) cute. Don't we all like round numbers? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time on... Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.